again for coming on the podcast i am joined firstly by cathedral of sports ash wilson ash thanks for coming on the show and welcome back again to the podcast hi darren how you doing very well my friend how are you yeah very good very good um weather's changing a bit at the moment I had a, another cold again this week so <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're collecting them <laughs> going at the minute <laughs> yeah and also on the podcast we have returning guest if i put it that way neil campbell neil welcome back hello how's it going you keep well very very well thank you well it is the premier league preview show and we're going to go straight out of the gates with you first ash i'm going to ask you to protect your winner of the premier league this season chelsea Bit of a surprise, and the reason I'm going to say it's a bit of a surprise because I've actually tipped Chelsea to finish outside the top four. So really? I have, yeah. Um, I'm not convinced. Um, more so about maybe is Lampard the right man? I'm not saying he's the wrong man. Have we seen enough? I don't know. Um, I think some of the signings have been excellent. I think some of the signings have been potentially questionable, but on paper they all look good and. I think for a very young manager, there's a lot of personalities in that squad. There's a huge squad there, and a lot of players will be knocking on the door if they're not playing. I'd be quite interested to see how he handles that. So for me, that's one of my mad predictions of the season. We're going to come to that. But we'll get back on to Chelsea in a bit with you, Ash, because we'll, we'll, we'll talk about this further when we get to them as a club. Neil, who is going to win the Premier League this season? Not Tottenham Hotspur. <laughs> Um, do you know what? It's actually so hard to predict this year. Uh, I mean, Ash has already straight in said Chelsea, and he said it with quite a lot of conviction as well, but it's one of them seasons you just don't know. Like, realistically, it's so hard to predict. I I would say Liverpool or Man City are obviously favourites, um, but it's so hard to call. Honestly, I, I can't pick a winner. <laughs> So we've got, it's so it's so difficult this year. It really is, and and I agree with you. It is it is hard to pick a winner. I'm gonna go with Man City. I think with what happened last year, the maybe the if I can use the word, and maybe people disagree with me here, the embarrassment in the Champions League. I think everyone thought quite comfortably they would go through. Maybe it's not so embarrassing after Leon put out Juve previously to City, but after the Champions League exploits and you know a very poor title defence, I think I can see City come charging back this year. Um, I don't think we'll win it comfortably. I don't think we'll win it. I don't think whoever wins it, I don't. I can't see any crazy points tally over second this this time. Um, Ash, we'll start with you. We're going to talk Chelsea. Yeah. As a, Chelsea is a football club. Um, you think Chelsea are going to win the league? Talk to me about the signings. Talk to me about why you think Chelsea will be champions this year. Right. Okay. So, firstly, um, Chelsea still finishing in the top four last season, even with a transfer embargo, right? Having to play young players consistently throughout the season. Lampard knows what's gone wrong. 
Chelsea's big problem last season was defence. Okay. Fine up front, William Pulisic, Giroud, you know, even Tammy Abraham. Yeah. The defence was a big problem. Christensen, Zuma are not quick enough. Okay. Kepa is for £80 million, is probably one of the worst goalkeepers I've seen in the Premier League in the last five years. Okay? <laughs> I, would, I would agree with um, you on that, to be fair. He's <laughs> it's, it's a, a good shot stopper, okay? But apart from that, he, he leaks goals too easily. Um, he's a bit of a bomb scare, in my opinion, which I said on my own pod, uh, podcast the other night. So Lampard's seen that. He's noticed that. He's strengthened. Uh, left back. He's he's signed Ben Chilwell, and also he's brought in Mr. Experience in Thiago Silva from from Paris Saint Germain. I know the, the French league is not as, as strong as the EPL, but um, that Thiago Silva is the the highest level possible. So maybe one more defender. Um, as Pilaqueta is getting a bit old now, in in football terms anyway, in the, these days. Yeah, but. Chelsea have got that X factor, so to speak, when it comes to their front line. I mean, Ziyech from from Ajax is a cracking signing, in my opinion. Kai Havertz is one of the best strikers in Europe. He's coming over from Bayer Leverkusen. And from Rassen Ballsport Leipzig, Timo Werner. And Timo, (laughs) how many clubs are after Timo Werner? I think think Lampard has signed very shrewdly. I, I, I think that he's got the right balance now as well I, in the team. Maybe one more defender and another goalkeeper. I, I would prefer Caballero to Kepa as a number one. Um, maybe a lot of people might disagree with me there, but I, I think Caballero is a better goalkeeper than Kepa. Uh, <laughs> maybe they could find it a really decent number two. I, I, I really do think Chelsea have got that, the, the, the making of a, of a really, really solid side, uh, solid side next season. I agree with you on the sense of I think they've got the makings of a solid side. I think, and again, this is maybe a bit of a big and a bold prediction and a statement, I think the manager that follows Frank Lampard will win the league with Chelsea. I think that Lampard will bed these players in. I don't think he'll win the league. And I think eventually, with not winning the league, Ruthless Roman will let him go and I can see whoever comes in after picking up the pieces and putting that team together to win the title but it, it's an in, I agree with you in terms of the X factor and I agree with you in terms of there's something different about Chelsea this year we don't really know what we're going to get because there's a lot of quality coming in and there'll be a bit of a betting in period and stuff I'm very interested to see opening day away to Brighton I think Brighton are a hard side to beat and I'll be very interested to see how Chelsea start because the expectations on them now. I think last year there was a little bit of a a bit a little bit less pressure on them purely because, as you said, the transfer embargo and stuff. So I'm very interested to see how that game goes at Brighton. But yeah, staying in London, but moving on. Neil, you're an Arsenal fan. You're season ticket holder. You go to the you go to as many games as you can. You go to the finals. On and on it goes. There's a feel-good factor at Arsenal under Arteta. I like your signings this summer. I'm quest- I do have question marks over three years for Willian. I think at a 32-year-old, giving a player a big deal at three years it isn't smart. But for this season and right now, I think he's a very good signing. Arsenal, your expectations. And talk to me about your signings. 
Is this the point where you expect me to say Arsenal are going to win everything domestically and the Europa League this season? <laughs> because if it is, you're absolutely right. No, I took it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the season. Uh, I'm really impressed with our signings. Um, there's a real feel-good factor about the club at the moment. Arteta is doing a great job, and it's just you know, it's making wee tweaks here, wee tweaks there, and everything sort of seems to be falling into shape. And um, I, I don't want to put too much pressure on Arsenal, like too much expectation, uh, because. I don't want people to get carried away and then suddenly something does go wrong. Everyone's like, oh, here we go. We're back to where we were before. You know what it's like with the fan base is these days it can turn so fast within the blink of an eye. So I think there needs to be realistic expectations. Uh, top four should be Arsenal's aim this season. Well, hold on. You should obviously aim to like win leagues and stuff. We all know that. But I think a realistic target for Arsenal this season first and foremost, is to get into the top four. And I do think we will get into the top four. And one of Arsenal's Achilles heel over not even the last couple of years, <laughs> for many years now, has been the defence. And, you know, they've got Saliba back now from his loan. And they signed Gabriel. Uh, they're looking, allegedly, again, I don't want to say they are, aren't or whatever, of trying to sign Thomas Party from Atletico Madrid. Um which would be massive for midfield because we always, you know, we do lack a bit of steel at times. So, yeah, like, again, there's been key issues in Arsenal's team that they, um, they've went out and addressed thus far. But we do need to probably ship a few players as well. Uh, but there's still a month until, the, well, three weeks until the transfer window closes. So I'd say there'd be a few ins and outs still. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to this season. Um, I, but I, I just I would like us just to go under the radar. And looking in a lot of the predictions, I was reading before I came on here for um, Premier League previews. A lot of people don't think Arsenal will get top four, and I'm okay with that because it's a it's a chance to prove people wrong. Um, before we move to Ash, and I want to ask Ash about your North London rivals, Tottenham, but to the keeper situation. What does Arteta do, and who would you go with? Well, again, this is a tough one. Like, Leno had been brilliant last season, and, I mean, <laughs> the statistics were showing that, like, Leno was in, like, the top three keepers for making most saves, which was ridiculous, considering Arsenal were, you know, always been a club, you know, up near the higher end of the league. And it, he was, it, it, with the stats-wise, like, he was facing as many shots as teams relegated and all and the amount of saves he was making was ridiculous and the amount of man of the masses plays like he do you know what like he he would have he probably would have been probably get number he probably would have won our player of the year up until the lockdown happened because he was outstanding and then obviously got the unfortunate injury you know with project restart then martinez came in and was phenomenal and he didn't put a foot wrong, and he was brilliant in his role in the team, and then obviously won the late, uh, won the FA Cup and won the Community Shield. But he needs to play. Like he's trying to get uh, the opportunity to be the Argentina number one. He needs to be playing week in week out, and I'd be sad to see him go. But I think 
I think he's going to go with Leno, to be honest. And if that's the case, then Martinez probably will have to go because the talk is Aston Villa are offering in around £20 million for him and Arsenal need to raise money uh, if they're going to try and get a couple more players. So, unfortunately, I think Martinez will have to go, which I don't want him to go. You want to have two top-class goalkeepers, which is something Ash has already said about Chelsea. It's something they need. Arsenal have two quality goalkeepers, but the reality is both can't play. So... One has to go, and it's looking like it's going to be Martinez. Yeah, very interesting dynamic. And I think maybe this season has been really been the first time there's really been an air of good anticipation regarding Arsenal and the season starting back. But switching to the North London rivals, Spurs. Ash, before you go in and talk to me about Spurs, I want you to talk to me about Spurs. I want you to talk to me about Jose. I want you to tell me about their signings. But first and foremost, can you predict or will you predict the major talking point for Tottenham fans. Will Tottenham Hotspur finish above Arsenal this season? Um, very difficult one. Um, look, our Arsenal are a completely different animal under, under Arteta. So, especially with the FA Cup win and stuff like that. That's, that's a very hard question. <laughs> it is, it I, is. I, I, I would say... I would say no. I, I would say Arsenal will finish above Tottenham this season. Mourinho's lost that touch. That's a bold statement, but he's gone from that humble coach to this megalomaniac, where, <laughs> where it's it's Mourinho's word or no word, and it's all about Jose, isn't it? I mean, that happened at Chelsea. This is this is why he got punted from Chelsea. Okay, it, it became all about Jose, right? And he, he's got that about his character. And now I worry about Tottenham because of that. Um, it, it, it kind of shunned through a bit last season. They were they were leaking goals at the end of the season. They were also that it just weren't it's weren't the Tottenham we were used to the last five or six years. They got they they started playing under especially under Pochettino. They started playing in, in a certain style of way that we all got accustomed to. Jose changed that, which, uh, which any new manager would. And look, I, I, I just I just think that sort of spark has gone from Tottenham now. Um, it's all about Jose, isn't it? And I, I just don't think he's got that care for his players as, as what he used to when he first came into management with Porto and you know, when his first spell at Chelsea and stuff like that, I, I just don't think he's got their man management skills anymore at all. Um, I, I'm not going to go as far as saying he's lost the dressing room at Tottenham already. Because, it's a bold, again, that's a bold statement. That's something I don't know because I'm not behind the scenes at uh, the new White Hart Lane. It's, but players aren't performing as well as they should be. I mean, uh, there's a lot of stick for that. Was it... and I can't pronounce his name. And Dembele, and Dembele, yeah. or something. And Dombley, yeah, the the the, what, the highest ever one. signing. And there's not even on that Amazon documentary. There's not even a mention that that he's just sitting on their bench. No, exactly. And I mean, if you're looking for one standout performer in the Tottenham team, still, um, you're looking at a human son. Yeah. I, I I think he I think he doesn't need anybody to tell him what to do. He's one of those gifted naturally gifted footballers no matter who manages him he will just go on take a game by the scruff of the neck and, and does what he wants uh, a maverick 
<laughs> when I spoke to you on Twitter yeah. about a Maverick. Yeah. He's one of them. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think Tottenham aren't as well gelled as they were under Pochettino. I don't, I don't think Jose Mourinho is, is, is the right man. He's the right fit for Tottenham at all. I, I, I think Arsenal have got their number. I really do. It's, it's an interesting dynamic, I think, with Spurs this year, and there's definitely a lot of intrigue, I think, around the club, specifically because the Amazon documentary, the timing of the Amazon documentary, what really happened with Jose last year. Sometimes it looked like they were doing really well. The next week it looked awful. It looked like they couldn't defend. Then it looked like they were doing okay. They've they've signed typically Mourinho players. They've signed you know a hardworking right back, which they which they desperately needed in fairness. And they went and signed yeah. South, Southampton captain at the time, um, Hoiberg, who I think is a very underrated signing. Um, I seen in January he was linked with Everton, Spurs, and Arsenal. I think he's a very good player. Pep described him as one of the best talents he ever coached at Bayern, but eventually let him go. Um, so there's definitely an intrigue. I've, I like him, but I have a question mark about him. If Pep's saying he's one of the best he's ever coached, but then lets him go, to me there's something off there. And I would be very, very interested to see how he does at a big club. It's maybe a bit like the Sigurdsson syndrome. If we go back a couple of years, you know, anytime he sort of played for a bigger club, it never really seemed to work out. So very interested to see what they have there. I actually think Tottenham will make the top four this year. That's one of my crazy predictions. Maybe it isn't crazy. I think it is. But, um, yeah, Potsy, Hoiberg hasn't joined a big club. <laughs> well, you would say that as an Arsenal fan. <laughs> so I could resist. Sorry. We're, we're going no, he's to, right. Go ahead. Ash, you're thinking he's right. Everyone thinks he's right. I, I just think there's something about Spurs this year that will get top four. I don't think Mourinho's the man that'll end their trophy chart. I don't think he'll pull up any trees there. I think he'll get top four, and I think he'll probably get sacked the following season when they're 15th. <laughs> <laughs> is, 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 yeah, my, no, is my prediction. Pottie, this is what he no, does. Like, yeah, like I said there, when I was saying there about you know, Jose and it's all about him and stuff. Now, I had the misfortune of actually tuning in and watching that documentary last week just to see what it was all about. And uh, it's handy if you want to put your baby to sleep. Um, but I did watch it, and literally, it, it's just about Jose. That's all it is about. And for me, like surely your club, it shouldn't just be about the manager. Like it should be about the players. No, I just, I just, I, I find it puzzling, and I, I agree with what Ash says there as well. It was just about. It's always just about Jose. So it, it'll be. It's interesting to see what'll happen there as well. I do think they've signed well, to be fair, um, uh, and they'll be. There thereabouts as well, and um, because like well, they, they weren't that far off this year. Let's be honest, like um. So yeah, I expect them to the challenge for that too. But I, I I know you say you think they'll make the top four. I I don't. I would be surprised if they did. I also agree with Ash, uh, and I, I do think Arsenal will finish above Spurs this season. Not that that's like let's just clarify. Not that that is the be all and end all. It is for Spurs. Let's let's say that. Like, but for us, it's not. But um, uh, it's it's interesting. You just wouldn't know what's going to happen here. Like, yep, it is. It is a crazy season. Ash, back to you from Man City. They've signed Nathan Ake, who I think is a very good signing, a very good defender. He's a ball-playing defender. The thing that I have a question mark about is he's left-footed and he plays in the left side of centre back. They've already got Laporte there, who's a very good player. 
So it's almost like they still kind of need that centre-back addition, is is my opinion. But I have tipped them to go on and win the league. I think Kevin De Bruyne is hands down easily the best player in the league. I do have concerns about their striker. If Aguero isn't fit, is Gabriel Jesus the man? I think he's a good player. I don't think he's a great player um, with Aguero's fitness level. I think that could be key for Man City. But but what do you think about Man City this season? Was that? They signed that Torres, didn't they? That's right, yeah. Valencia. Yeah. Um, they're a funny one because, I, I, as I said before on, a, on another show, how Man City seem to be big game chokers. Um, especially in Europe and is Nathan Aki worth his price tag now I, d- I don't think he is I, I, they've, they, they've paid a lot of money for someone that's going to be uh, for someone that's going to be behind someone else in their team so to speak I, I, I don't know what Pep's thinking maybe he's seen something that we haven't um, yeah he's a good, he's a good footballer I'm not, no, don't get me wrong but um, yeah I, I, I think I don't think, sorry, Gabriel Jesus is the is the man when when Aguero's unfit. Um, my uh, my fantasy team on 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 the EPL has proved that when it, when he's lacked me points for excessive <laughs> weeks. Um, so it says it all, really. No, but in all seriousness, um, look, great side, but I always worry about them defensively. I've never rated Kyle Walker, okay? Even for England, I've never rated the guy at all. Right, that's a, a, it's a massive statement. I, I don't like him, okay? Um, Throws a good party, but. Sorry? Throws a good party. Throws a good party. But defensively, no, Man City are... They're very vulnerable. Very, very vulnerable. And... They've not got that same sort of defensive setup that Liverpool have with Robertson, Van Dijk, Alexander-Arnold, uh, Lovren, when he comes in, etc., etc. You know, the goalkeeper's good. Edison's a, Edison's a cracking goalkeeper, in my opinion, but it's that defence, again, this is not why they're doing well in Europe. OK, maybe semi-final, but they're not winning European Cups. With a team that they've got and the manager that they've got, they should be doing a lot more. OK, so... I'm not confident, again, about Man City. I wasn't confident about them last season. And my prediction proved right with Liverpool winning the league by a very, very comfortable margin. Man City, in my opinion, are not a spent force. That's a bit strong. But I I think they need a kind of new direction. I I think it's going to be in defence. And Nathan Aki isn't... It doesn't set the world alight defensively. Maybe this this Torres guy is going to be a playmate. Yeah, it's it's all well and good doing everything in the final third and, and looking like, you know, 2000s Barcelona, which they used to do in the final third, you know, where they used to run riot. But if you've got nobody at the back, that's... when you're in the counter-attack, what are you going to do? Southampton opened them up. Palace have opened them up in the last couple of seasons at the back and done them at, at the Etihad. Now, come on, these are teams you could be beating 4-5-0 at home. Yeah, especially uh, from a City perspective. They're vulnerable, uh, big time at the back. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you in terms of their defensive frailties. I just think they're going to have too much 
going forward for teams this year, and I think maybe that's one of the key signings of, of the season is that Torres signing, is maybe Pep thinks that he's a bit more clinical. Um, I know that it's it's quite interesting. Starting last year, 24 goals, but he also had, I think it was the second or the third highest miss ratio in the league, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Um, so I definitely think there, there's definitely games where they haven't just killed off teams and it's come back to haunt them. And I think that's where you're points are so so valid because they go up and miss two or three chances and that team gets one they score you know and that's really the difference with, with City and there is a bit of vulnerability at the back but sticking in Manchester Neil Man United they've signed Van Der Beek there's talk of Sancho that the same sort of keeper conundrum that Arsenal have the only difference is there seems to be a bit more of the jury out on David De Gea in terms of opinions where do you think for Man, Man United this year I'm, I'm going to go right off the bat and I'm going to say that my predictions, what some of my mad predictions this year are both Chelsea and Man United will miss out on the top four. I see very, very similar patterns with Man United that I seen when Ollie first got the job. A big run of form, lost a couple of key games and then they struggled since. And I, they've lost the FA Cup semi-final, lost a Europa League semi-final, albeit Van Der Beek I think is a great signing. And I think they're in a far better position than they were start of last season. I still, I just, I have huge question marks over Man United. What's your thoughts? Um, well, it all depends on how many penalties are win this season, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, again, I think United will be there or thereabouts. Like I said, there's still three weeks left of the transfer window if they get Sancho in. But again, this is the thing, like, they're signing offensive players. Is that really where they need to strengthen? I think because... they need a centre back and a left back. I don't know if they'd need a if they need a left back, but they could do with with strength there. I, I'm not Williams. I think's a bit still young and naive, and I'm not sure about Shaw. Yeah, they'll be there or thereabouts. Uh, obviously, Fernandez has come in and made a tremendous impact for them, uh, especially with all the penalties, like I already said. But he's a good player. Uh, again, what is Pogba? He's a conundrum. You know, which Pogba are you going to get? Is it going to be the one that's meant to be this world superstar, or is it going to be the other Pogba that wouldn't look out of place pen, playing on the pub league? Do you know what I mean? And I don't know about United. Again, top four will probably be where they're aiming for and maybe win a trophy, but. It's, it, it, you see, this is the thing. Again, as much as as much as I dislike Man United, the thing is with them, I, I it, it actually annoys me the stick that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer gets in the press. It, it really frustrates me. I think the fella gets a really uh, hard time, hard rap off the press. And I, going back to what I said earlier on about Chelsea, when you said there about. Chelsea and the transfer embargo, etc., etc. Lampard, and again, like you said, Potsy, I'm not disputing his credentials or anything like that. He's a Chelsea legend. You know, he's managed before Derby and stuff. In the 2018-19 season, Chelsea finished third and won the Europa League. Last season, they finished fourth and didn't win anything. So, in a sense, they went backwards in that aspect. Uh, but the thing that was normally coming the end of the season was like even watching the likes of Sunday Supplement, there was like, oh, there's still question marks over Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And this is when United went in a really good run. But they were saying about Lampard this, Lampard that. But then Solskjaer was getting slagged off. And I'm sitting there thinking, 
Solskjaer, United are on a great run here. United actually finished above them. But for some reason, the jury's out in Solskjaer, but the media are saying how great Frank Lampard is. I really don't get it. Like, it's really strange. It's clearly because he's English. But it, it's I don't think Solskjaer gets enough praise that he should get. Um, but again, with regards to United, I know what you mean about the jury being out. Again, it's going to be United on their day. They're one of them teams that they can beat a Man City or you know a Chelsea or whatever. But the hair, there's a whole conundrum there too. Is the hair who plays? Is it the hair? Is it Henderson? Is it Romero? The hair really needs to pull his finger out because the last couple of seasons, some of the mistakes he's made have been shocking. But he is still a good goalkeeper. But it, what what might help United more in the long run or even help De Gea is maybe take him out of the team, take him out of the firing line for a few weeks and play one of the other keepers and then De Gea might go here. I really need to lift my game here. So who knows? United will be there or thereabouts as well. Well, the interesting I'll thing, the interesting thing with, the, with the goalkeepers is if they do start with De Gea, the first mistake he makes, they're, the fans, especially fans that don't have the patience, they're going to want him hung. And they're going to be get him out of the team, get him out, play Henderson X Y Z. It might also, it might even benefit United to start with Henderson. And as you said, you take him out of the line mate, for a bit, and then if Henderson has a bad game or he messes up, then you can bring De Gea back in, and you almost he comes back in on a high note rather than going out on a low note. It's a very very interesting one for Man United. I think it's more of a puzzling question than the Arsenal one, where you have two good goalkeepers in good form. This one we have, they're both good goalkeepers, as you've rightly said, but one, there's definitely a lot of question marks and a lot of people are thinking his time's up. So very interesting to see what happens with Man United. And as I said, a couple of my crazy predictions this year is United and Chelsea finishing outside the top four. But to, to wrap us up on the big six, and then we'll move on to a couple of little random questions to wrap us all up. Ash, Liverpool, the champions. What's your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Liverpool this season. Um, well, they've already got a gelled team there, haven't they? Um, who know how to win games. But... Look. I think they're going to do well. I think they're going to be top three. I don't think they're going to win it again. I think Klopp's had his moment. Um, I, I think teams are going to suss them out now. He's got to... He's got to to hand, luckily, Jurgen Klopp's got one of the best defenders in the world, maybe the best centre-back in the world in Virgil van Dijk. Yeah. Uh, but, look, I I don't think Lightning's going to strike twice this season. That's it. It's just my opinion. I don't think Liverpool are going to be as strong this year at all. Yeah. I think they're going to Look, the, the, the strikers, most of their goals come from midfield. You look at Mane and Salah, yeah? Firmino doesn't score that many, right? Have they signed a striker? No. Have they signed a world-class elite striker? No. Right. Okay, so, look, everyone's, getting, everyone's strengthening to a certain extent. I don't think Liverpool have, have strengthened from last season. At all, but well, they haven't. So, in 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 the Premier League, with the, with the money involved and and the constant 
changing of the game and the competition. You need to, even if you've won the league at a canter, like Liverpool did last season, by how many ever points they won the league by, you're still going to need to strengthen the next season. It's that much of a rat race. Yeah. You need, you need to keep strengthening. It doesn't matter how many points you won the league by. It doesn't matter how good a manager thinks his uh, team is or what players he's got at his, at his disposal. He's got a Lurgan Klopp's got to look at other teams now and think, right, Chelsea have done this, Man United have done this, Arsenal have done this, Fulham have done this. Do you know what I mean? Fulham, yeah. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> but it, no. it, it's, it's a principle of what I'm saying. Yeah, you're right. Uh, even those teams are right, as you're talking about, the depth. Yeah, yeah. You've got to, you, 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 you just got to keep strengthening because the league it, is that quick, changes that quickly. And it just evolves every single season better and better and better and better. So Liverpool haven't strengthened, in my opinion. St- the, with the team they've got, they'll still be up there. I'm not going to deny that at all. But I don't think they win a league. Yeah, I would agree with you, Ash. And the, the thing that strikes me is really intriguing. Klopp was out from maybe February onwards talking about how good Timo Werner was. And Werner was obviously playing up to being like, oh, I'd love to play for Klopp. There was a definite interest there between Liverpool and Werner, but he's ended up at Chelsea. There's been a lot of rumours about Thiago, the Liverpool, Thiago, Thiago, whatever way you want to call him, the Liverpool. It hasn't happened yet. Maybe it will happen, maybe it won't. I don't know. There's talk of Wijnaldum going to Barcelona. So, for me, there's... He's wanting to add to this team. He's obviously wanting to strengthen if he's being linked and talking about Werner. Same with Thiago, and on and on it goes. They've lost Lovren. They've lost Lalana. Um, Rian Brewster apparently is is on the way out. To me, they're you might say, oh, they're not starters, but they're they're going to hit their depth, the, the squad depth. I feel yeah, like, I feel like as you have completely and rightly said, their eleven is excellent. Their starting eleven is excellent. One injury. They've they've gone now three, maybe two, three seasons if you can't go into the Champions League final and losing, go into the Champions League final and winning the following season and getting 97 points coming second and then winning the league. They've went three years at such a high intense level with the same team, same players mostly, um, with with very little injuries, with very little ha- anything hampering. We've seen it with Man City with De Bruyne after a couple of seasons of, of high intensity. He was out injured for a year or for 10 months or something like that. I feel Liverpool are resting on their laurels and it's going to come back to bite them in the backside this year. I really, yeah. really feel that they need to strengthen. And you have rightly said about how the league moves on so, so quickly. You look at Chelsea under Conte, that first season they won the league. You thought, who's taking this league title from them? They looked phenomenal. Next season, fifth. It's incredible how quick the Premier League evolves and adapts. I know, Neil, you have some opinions on Liverpool. After what Ash has said and I have said, what's your thoughts on Liverpool as well? I need to be very careful with what I say here because Arsenal play Liverpool in the third game week of the season. And I don't <laughs> want us to go there and get absolutely slapped about. So. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, I mean, if you speak to any Spurser, they uh, doesn't even need to be a ball kick because they've already won the league for the next ten years, according to them. Um, yeah, it's. I agree with what you say. Actually, even if you look at Man City in 2012 when they won the league, they didn't strengthen sufficiently the following season, and United won the league at a camper. 
Uh, again, you've already mentioned Chelsea and win the league in 2017, and then the following season they were way off in the league. Liverpool need to be careful. Um, they always say if you're at the top, that's when you need to strengthen. So you boys have already covered pretty much what I was going to say. Um, Liverpool, they'll be there or thereabouts. If, if you were to ask me now between, say, Man City and Liverpool, who do I think uh, will win the league between them two? If you are asking me just them two, I would say Man City. Basically, what you already alluded to, Potsy, was that Liverpool have played a very high intense level for three years that was similar to City you know uh, for the season past there it's such high standards and then obviously last season it slipped a bit and it could happen to Liverpool as well I think they need to strengthen because as Ash has already pointed out teams are starting to suss them out and post lockdown they were a bit off the pace so again it's it's interesting what what's going to happen I wouldn't write them off but they're always liable you know, to go out and hit a team four or five, especially at home. Yeah. But not not having the fans, you know, it could make um, a big difference at Anfield. I, I've been to Anfield for a few times to watch Arsenal play <laughs> and get spanked. And the, the crowd noise there does make a difference. So um, it would be interesting to see Liverpool now. They're the champions. The pressure's on them. Do you know what I mean? People are going to be expecting them to win every week now. So it'll be interesting to see how they respond to that because we all know it's hard to win back-to-back leagues. So, but I would expect Liverpool to again be there or thereabouts. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think we've covered most of the big six here. Ash, just a quick one for you. Um, yeah. We have Everton have strengthened, Wolves have strengthened, Leicester have sort of stood still. They've replaced Ben Chilwell. Um, and they're all going to be gunning for the top six spots. Will any of those three teams make the top six? Oh, um, out, out of them, I, I would say Wolves. I, I, I'm a massive admirer of their manager. Yeah. Really, really am. But as we go, I'm trying to think of a, a surprise package in the top six I'm, I'm looking at the top three I'm looking at Chelsea Man City Liverpool then you go I'd say Arsenal Man United then Tottenham so no just outside the top six I yeah think. I'm with you on that I, th- I think all three will be fighting for seventh this year yeah I, I think it would be a good season for Everton if they finish seventh great signings in Hamas Rodriguez and Allen and stuff like that but Look, yeah, I, I I think seventh is a if I was an Everton fan and and come May 2021, Everton was sat seventh in the league, I'd I'd, I'd probably be happy. Yeah, um, I think Wolves are a better team all round. I I, I think Wolves are a fantastic team to be honest. Uh, what he's done there is is unbelievable. Yeah, especially for such a small champion. squad as well. Yeah, from championship from championship transition to the Premier League, which is very very difficult very difficult uh, what he's done there and then getting so far in Europe as well the season after that look the, the Everton or Wolves may be there or thereabouts in the 7th or 8th positions but I can't really predict it to be honest with you yeah it's incredibly hard this year but um, mm-hmm. talking about predictions Neil over to you I want your who you think could be 
a potential surprise package this season. What team is going to do really well this year? I'm going to put mine right out there at the very, very start. I think Southampton will make the top 10. Um, a lot of people might think you've been on the magic mushrooms tonight, Potsy, with some of the predictions you've been making. They've been out left field, like. Southampton, you know, especially after the 9-0 defeat last season, the Leicester really came on leaps and bounds. If you're going to ask me for a surprise package, I have a feeling Newcastle might do well next season. I think you're the only person that thinks that. I think people expect Newcastle to be a mess. I like Steve Bruce. Um, their signings have been quite good. Neil, you know, uh, Wilson, Fraser, Jamal Lewis seem very solid standard signings. <laughs> Nothing crazy players this year. That, players that got relegated last season. Yeah, it's a mentality shift, isn't it? You know, do, can you shift that mentality? Yeah, I, I I understand that, but I just think I know it was obviously the whole takeover talk, right? And I know I joked there about the mushrooms, and people listening to this probably think me you're on them as well by saying that. <laughs> but I just think, you know, I I just usually every year there's a debacle about Newcastle on the field. Right? Not even there's always something off the field as well, and of course there has been this year with the whole takeover. But on the field, they've actually been they've been okay, and I think Steve Bruce has done a plausible job there, and he hasn't been getting the credit he deserves because like they were, they've done better under him than what they had under Benitez the previous season, and I, I, he's made solid signs. Like Jamal Lewis will be will be a good signing. Um, Ryan Fraser, he's going to have a point to prove as well. So, yeah, I think Newcastle. I'm not like I'm not expecting to finish top ten, but I think they may do a wee bit better than people expect. Yeah, um, I'd be interested to see how Newcastle do. So that's interesting about your surprise package. Ash, over to you. You don't have to pick three, but who do you think's in danger of going down this year? What team is definitely going to go down? Give me give me at least two out of the three that you think are going to get relegated. West Ham. Yeah. West Ham. Right? Uh, I'll tell you why. Um, Golden Brady, Sullivan, whoever's handling their club at the minute, their fans are absolutely kicking up a fuss about their signings and about or lack of signings, sorry, um, the way the club's been dealt with financially and you know the soul's been ripped out of the club and stuff like that they are in an absolute mess apart from Fulham and Villa who the other teams are predicted to go down next season I think West Ham are going to be well I think West Ham are going to sink next year and it's it's a sad thing to say because West Ham are one of those uh, traditional clubs that everyone likes to see do well well everyone um, apart from me um, <laughs> uh, my little personal grievances coming out there but uh, um, no, I, I think West Ham are, are going to struggle next year, big time. I'm with big you on time. West Ham. I'm with you on West Ham. I think West Ham will go, Fulham will go, and my other one's West Brom. Oh, that's my surprise package. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. West Brom, West Brom are my surprise package. Um, there's there's absolutely no reasoning behind it whatsoever. <laughs> but you know, there's teams that have an amazing first season and they get second season syndrome. They get they finish bottom the second season. <laughs> I think mean, that's going to be West Brom. I think I, I, I think that West Brom are going to have a really good season next year. Maybe finish maybe finish just under the top ten or around that sort of area, and then and then the season after just 
completely capitulate. So yeah, that's my little uh, wild uh, prediction for surprise package next season, West Bromwich Albion. Well, interesting you say that. Neil, over to you, and you're not allowed to pick an Arsenal player. If I ask you to pick a player that you think is going to have a good season, one to watch for the coming season, who would you pick? Can't be an Arsenal player. Being discriminated against already. Here, <laughs> sorry, before I say that, there's one thing I want to address. Uh, West Ham, right? There are three certainties in life. Oh, just... Taxes, death, and West Ham fans are always kicking off a fuss about something. <laughs> every year, every year there's something, and I don't get it. Like everyone, wait, wait, I'm sorry, right? West Ham fans have this, this, this delusion in their brains where oh, you have to play the West Ham way. What is yeah, the West that. Ham way? What is the West <laughs> Ham way? It doesn't exist. It's this whole nonsense from the 60s where the England team that won 1966 World Cup and they had a handful of West Ham players playing. That's, yeah. that's gone. That's in the past. Like, Can I just I, stop you there? My, 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 sorry to, to interrupt you. My uncle, Brian, is a, a massive West Ham fan. I had to grow up hearing his nonsense. We're <laughs> um, <laughs> And... I used to mention it time, oh, when are England going to win, win something again? Like 66, 66. You know, we, we know us English people going about it all the time, right? Um, and uh, it's like, no, 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 son. England didn't win a World Cup in 66. West Ham won the World Cup in 66. And I've got to an adult stage now, 33 years old. I just look back and think, shut up. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't. You're all the same. But carry on, mate. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the West Ham hateful podcast. This is going to be a podcast destroying West Ham. I don't, I don't hate West Ham. I just, I just don't understand what goes through a West Ham fan, a West Ham fan's mind. Like, no I, don't, one does. I don't get it. Like every year they're kicking off about the owners and all, and it's just like, what, what are you actually expecting? West Ham have always been a club over the years that, okay, might have a couple of good seasons in the Premier League, finishing, you know, about 7-8. Then they'll have a couple of seasons lower down in the league, you know, the odd relegation scrap. Then, inevitably, they get relegated, but then they come back again, and it's just like, it's just like a circle, a never-ending circle. But I don't get where they seem to have this idea, this notion where they should be up finishing in the Champions League places. It's like, Wake up and smell the coffee. You're a mid-table club at best. So just sh- for once in your lives, just shut up and get on with it and try and spread some flipping positivity around the club before the season even starts. Madness. It's, it's an interesting thing. It's almost a bit like the Newcastle fans in a way sometimes. You know, they might actually, as it's probably going to hinder Liverpool with no supporters, it might actually be a blessing in disguise for both Newcastle and West Ham, whose fans turn very, very quickly on their teams. But, but when you did when you did the preview originally for Project Restart, I did say that with there being no fans, it would go in West Ham's favour. Yeah, and they ended up staying up. And they ended up staying up, and they stayed up, you know, reasonably comfortably in the end. So, West, it's madness. Like, do you remember the game uh, in 2018 where they were losing at home to Burnley, and all like there were people running onto the pitch and throwing things at the board members? It's just absolute madness. 
Yeah. I don't know what, what goes through their minds. But anyway, <laughs> a surprise package player, saying I'm barred from picking an Arsenal player. Um, Stuart Dallas of Leeds. The Cookstown Cafu, Neil, the Northern Irish legend of Stuart Dallas. Is that why you picked him? You biased? Certainly not. <laughs> uh, I just think... <laughs> I, I just think... I'm hoping for Northern Ireland's sake he is given a, a chance at Leeds in the Premier League here and I've signed him for my fantasy team uh, and he's only 4.5 million I believe so yeah he's very good at going forward um, which for a defender really shouldn't be the name of the game but the reality is that's exactly what it's all about now so yeah I think if Leeds do half decent you know he might get a fair few assists so yeah, I've got I've Stuart Dallas. Seeing that, as again, I, I do have an Arsenal player that I was going to say, but seeing that I'm not allowed to say it, I'll not. But, yeah, you're uh, yeah, I'll go for Stuart Dallas. Ash, what about you? Any particular player that's going to spring into mind that you think might have a good season? Um, God, it's a difficult one. It is. It's really I'll, hard to I'll give you mine um, while you think. Uh, I'll, I, tell you what, I'll tell you what. A player is going to have a great season. Um, a West Ham player. No, <laughs> absolutely not. I think that James Ward Prowse has come of age. Yeah, I agree. Uh, he's, got, he's, he's got his England called up now. He's, he's playing for the national team. He's, he's come of age now. Um, I've He's in his prime, so I think James Ward-Prowse is going to be pivotal for Southampton's, uh, and I'm, I'm predicting to have success next season. Southampton, by the way, I'm predicting to be a top ten team under their manager that they've got at the moment, who I think's uh, another fantastic manager that the Premier League have acquired. So, yeah, James James Ward-Prowse, why not? I'm going to go with someone that um, you know very very well, Ash. I'm going to go with Easy. I think he is going to have a very very good season. I think he will be pivotal to Crystal Palace staying up. I think it's about time that they had more than one player they can get the ball to and cross their fingers and toes and hope for the best. And I think he's another one that adds to that. I think a young English player coming up from the championship after doing the business, I think that I think twenty million is actually a steal, to be perfectly honest, for a player with that sort of potential. So that's my sort of player who I think will stand out. And he is on the Fantasy Premier League website, a bargain six point five million for all you fantasy Premier League managers. Um to finish off, are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know why he is. What is he? Five mil. He was. He got. He always got a wee cheeky goal last year. Is it four point five? Wow, that's that's tempting. <laughs> uh, it's only because I couldn't afford anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah, the fantasy, the fantasy league this year is so difficult. I picked a team there uh, about an hour ago, and I was looking at it, and it was just like, it's it's actually near impossible to pick. As you say, Ash. You can't afford the people you want. You have to make some shrewd decisions. Like There's going to be a lot of thinking outside the box this season. Yeah, big time. Mad predictions of the season. I've given you a few of mine. Southampton in the top 10, which, Neil, you laughed at, but Ash agreed with, because that was one of his, I think. Chelsea United outside the top four. Will Connor Cody. This is an interesting stat. Actually, I found this out today. Connor Cody has played... Two seasons in a row in the Premier League, every minute of every game. How many shots has Connor Cody had? Neil, have a guess. Um, 
he's probably scored more than a Crystal Palace forward anywhere. Um, I don't know, three. Connor Cody has had no shots in the Premier League since Wolves have been promoted, and he has played every minute of every game. He's an unsung hero, then. Connor Cody has had one shot the season that Wolves were in the Premier League, and he scored. Connor Cody should have more shots. Is the lesson that we need to hear from uh, from a Wolves perspective. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> but bad predictions of the season. Ash, you've given me Southampton. You've said West Brom's your surprise package. Any more crazy sort of predictions for the season? Any more crazy predictions for the season? Uh, yeah, Chelsea to do a double over Arsenal. Would be, uh, <laughs> be, no. Um, all jokes aside, I, I think... I, I think the, the craziest prediction is West Brom um, doing well, and I, 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 that's what I'm going to stick with. So yeah. West Brom and Albion are going to be the surprise package. That's my craziest prediction, so I've not really got anyone. <laughs> Neil, over to you. Anything this season? Any crazy predictions for the Premier League? Um, Arsenal might actually keep some clean sheets. Is that a crazy prediction? <laughs> <laughs> that's way I said the box. Yeah, I don't know. It's... Crazy predictions. That's a crazy something like mad, like I don't know, like Liverpool not finishing top four or something. But I, I can't see that happening. Um, Do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. No, Plant no, your flag on that hill. <laughs> they're playing off in a few weeks. Uh, crazy prediction. Um. I don't, I don't. I don't know. I don't really know to be honest. I'm, I'm a bit lost. Not lost for words, but I'm, I'm not really sure. There'll be. There's always a club that you know stumbles for a few years and then eventually goes and gets relegated. Which, Ash, you think it'll be West Ham? I don't think West Ham will get relegated. But here's right. Here's a mad prediction. Leicester will not finish in the top ten. Ooh. That's a big, that's a big shout. But one, I've got one. Go for it, Ash. Okay. With the rising in the rising cases and the the media hysteria, I'm going to predict that COVID is going to temporarily yet again end the season early. <laughs> we're going to have to have, we're going to have to, we're going to have to have a break over the winter period. That'd be interesting, that's actually. Not, very, not very interesting. Predict- I've got one now, so I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, to wrap this up, don't say that because I am, uh, I'm losing my mind not being able to go to watch Arsenal play. Honestly. <laughs> well, to wrap, oh, it, yeah, to wrap it up, wrap it up. I've got to, I'm going to ask both of you this question, and Ash, you can answer first. Will the Premier mm. League see the return this season of any of the following? Tony Pulis, Big Sam. Or Alan Pardew? No. <laughs> no. And Neil, no. over to you. Will the Premier League see the return of Alan Pardew, Big Sam, or Tony Pulis? And let's also throw Mark Hughes into the mix. I'll give that a resounding <laughs> hell no. <laughs> well, well uh, I, I never want to see Tony Pulis' stupid cap ever again. <laughs> 
Well, gentlemen, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you both on the podcast and to discuss the Premier League preview. I hope you've had a bit of fun. I've enjoyed it. It's been serious. It's been fun. And we've just had a laugh. So thank you so much for coming on. Neil, we can find you on Twitter at finish it off. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at NeilerC. Um, thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute ball. Um, I just hope Arsenal don't leave me to pie on my face this weekend. <laughs> and Ash, of course, the Cathedral Sport Podcast, you have, you've had Mark Beard on, you've had some boxers on, you, you've had a lot of stuff going on. Where can any of my listeners check you out and check your podcast out? Uh, it's Cathedral underscore, pod, uh, Cathedral underscore Sport uh, on Twitter. If you just type in Cathedral of Sport to Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or Overcast or even Pocket Cast or something like that, you can find us on there. So just type in Cathedral of Sport. There's nothing else called it. So you'll find us really. Um, but I, I, I want to say how, how good and well made your, your podcast is as well. And I'll definitely be promoting yourself on, on my page and telling our listeners on, on my own show um, about the good work you do as well mate so thank you very much for having me on I really really do appreciate it likewise Ash it's been an absolute pleasure Neil the same and any, anyone out there and you're looking for some more content that you're working night shifts I know there's quite a few guys in Northern Ireland listening to me that work night shifts check out Ash's podcast there's a lot of content there and it's good it's interesting and it's fun gentlemen thanks so much and have a great evening Thank you for listening to the podcast with me, your host, Darren. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the podcast. Thanks for your time. Stay safe and tune in next time.